guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. What's up, party people? This is Melissa, and you are here with the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast. And I am so excited to introduce you to our next guest on the podcast. She is a badass bitch tuning in all the way from El Segundo, California. And it's me. I'm the guest. (laughs) Woo! This is me. I'm the guest of today's episode, the host of this podcast. Which means that you are now listening to the very first episode in the newest segment that I will be releasing, which is called Minisodes with Mel. And it's here. I'm here. It's me, and it's going to be about my life and my story. And that is so fucking terrifying, because I don't talk about myself. I talk about you and women in history. But that's changing. And the reason why it's changing is because I've been doing this podcast for a long time now. A couple of years. I've told the life stories of over a hundred women in history. I have featured so many incredible everyday women on the show, which we just launched in 2020. And big things are happening with this podcast. I mean, it's baby steps, like everything good in the world. It's going to take some time, but I have a huge vision, and I have plans, and I have dreams, and a part of that dream is to create a community out of this podcast. I don't just want to produce a weekly show to inspire my listeners, but I really want to create a community of women that are not only fans of this podcast, but are fans of each other. I want us to become a group, a sisterhood, friends. I want us to chat on the day-to-day basis. I want us to use each other as resources to reach out for inspiration, for support, for advice, for help, or just create this space where women can feel like they have other female friends in a non-judgmental zone. So that's what I really want to do here. And In order for me to do that, in order for you guys to want to be a part of this community that I am hopeful to create, I have to, like, tell you about myself. Like, I can't just be this person that tells stories about other women and, you know, posts cool things on Instagram. Like, I think I need to show more of who I am, who the host and producer of this podcast is, and to tell you a little bit about me, my life, and, you know, the journey that I've been on that has brought me to this place right here, right now, where I'm talking into a microphone and will be projected into the ears of so many women around the world. Like, oh my god, it's mind-blowing. So that's what I'm going to try and do. And I'm planning to release, you know, smaller episodes that are just me talking about whatever the hell I decide to talk about that day. 
And today I figured I'd start from the beginning and not the beginning of my life because holy moly, that would be a bit extreme for a first date. But let's just start with the basics of how did I get to this point that I'm at today? How did I end up creating the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast? What led me to create the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast? And, you know, what the hell am I doing now? So, I guess we'll have to swing it back to 2017. But before we get into it, your girl needs a heavy fucking drink. Let's be real. I knew that wine wasn't going to cut it. White Claw wasn't going to cut it. Champagne wasn't going to cut it. I was going to need a stiff ass drink for this episode. And I always drink on the show. So today I am drinking this really snazzy thing that I picked up from Heaven on Earth, Cost Plus World Market. And it's called a Grapefruit Paloma Wine Cocktail from Flybird. And so here's the deal. I can't drink tequila anymore because I have had one too many horrific experiences drunk on the tequila. And so I'm pretty much banned for life. But I saw this wine cocktail that's a Paloma. Paloma was one of my favorite drinks back in my early 20s when I was still able to drink tequila semi-responsibly, but this is 100% agave wine made in Mexico, ready to drink, super cute, says bartender free cocktail. Now, I don't think there's tequila in it, but I just had a drink and it smells very heavily of the tequila. So I don't know if they've got like a really strong fake tequila game going or if the agave is just like what I'm smelling or if like, you know, like when you think about that one cocktail from your early college years that like even just thinking of the smell, you're ready to like projectile vomit. I think that's kind of where I'm at, where I'm like still suffering with the PTSD of my tequila days. So just smelling this ready to drink Paloma is giving me flashbacks. But in any case, I'm here for it. We're doing it because this is really what I need right now to get the words rolling. So let me take a real quick sip and we'll get into it. Whew. TSD is strong right now. All right. So here's the deal. I started this podcast at the very end of 2017 when my life was in the complete motherfucking gutter. (laughs) Like, and I mean that in like an emotional way, like in a physical way. I had a house. I had a job. Like my life was stable and normal. I was like a functioning human being. But on the inside, I was like black tar. I was dust that at any given moment could be blown into bits. And you know, it took me a very long time to actually even realize that about myself. I'd say probably, you know, it took about a year and a half for me to kind of get slapped across the face and be like, holy shit, you are fucked up. So let's backtrack from that moment and like really kind of dive into like what got me to this really deep, dark place. And it's kind of ugly. So be, be ready, be prepared. So basically... In 2017, well, no, before that. So, so even further. So, I lived in San Francisco for about seven or eight years. I went there for college. 
had the absolute time of my life, met the most incredible friends on planet Earth, had quite a few romantic relationships while I was out there, and experienced my first corporate job, which was a motherfucking nightmare. And so while I was in that first corporate job, I was working in the law industry as a legal secretary. I was like in this weird place where I was the first person in my friend group that finally went out and sort of got that like big girl job out of college. So all of my friends had gone to college like I did, but we were all living in this restaurant industry world trying to make ends meet to pay our rent in the city. So it was hard for us to make that transition when we were making such great money and also having the fucking time of our life. Anyway, I made the plunge first, got my first job, and I was in a weird place because I was trying to really like break out of this previous life of mine where all I did was just kind of like party and not give a fuck and I was like all right we're gonna do it we're gonna be an adult we're gonna go after our dreams we're gonna have a career and like it really wasn't that cool like I was like oh my god this sucks I hate my lawyers they're miserable wretches they don't even go home at night they're sleeping in their offices overnight I'm coming in the next morning they're wearing the same outfit and they have Chinese all over the entire office room like that's not the world that I want to live in and at the same time, all of my other friends were still in the party stage. So they were raging on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays when I was having to be an adult and go to work. So anyway, it was a very weird place in my life. I had also just broken up with my boyfriend. We'd been together for almost three years. He was somebody that I had thought I would absolutely marry. And I had to make a really, really difficult decision for both of us and end our relationship because it was something that needed to happen, particularly because him and I were both in very, like, confused, lost stages in our lives. And we were both, like, afraid to make that next step. And we were both, like, unhappy and, like, Shit was just not going well for us individually or in our relationship, and I felt like what would make the most sense would be to break up, go our separate ways, figure out our lives, figure out what we wanted to do with our lives, and, you know, get our shit together, and if life happened to bring us back in a full circle, maybe down the line we could get back together and have that life we'd always thought we'd have. And... You know, six months into me working this law firm job, I was just going through some shit. I was going through a breakup. I wasn't connecting with my friends who were in a different place than me. I was unhappy with myself personally. I just was really fucking lost. So I made a very spontaneous decision out of motherfucking nowhere to move home. Uh, And it was quick. I called my mom one day and said, I'm moving home. And I did. And I was home probably four weeks later, completely packed up, U-Haul, moved into my parents' house at 25 years old, uh, full college degree, just quit my first corporate job after six months of working there, fresh out of a three-year relationship back under the roof of my parents' house, who, mind you, I had planned on never seeing again when I moved out. I hightailed it to San Francisco, bailed out of their house, and was like, I am never fucking coming home. So this was big. This was kind of a big deal. So I moved home. 
And, you know, I was very lost for years. Ended up getting an apartment and a studio in a really beautiful neighborhood. And then I met somebody. And he ended up being the absolute worst thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. He was the literal devil. And he treated me like fucking shit, like from the get-go. I don't know why I was with him for as long as I was with him. I think we were together for about six months and the entire relationship was nothing but complete mayhem and drama. He was a raging alcoholic and he was horrifically, horrifically abusive, emotionally and psychologically. He never put a hand on me. But he did um, destroy my apartment quite a few times, threw things across the room, broke stuff. Um, There were many nights I would hide in the back alley behind cars, praying to God he would leave my house. So, like, a lot of very, like, horrible, traumatizing experiences while dating this person. But I, I was still dating him, which is so sad. And it's so heartbreaking to think about especially so many years later, like, looking back and, like, remembering these experiences and, like, seeing my old self in my head and just looking at her and being like, why were you doing that to yourself? And so, about around the six, five or six months into our really horrific relationship, I got a phone call one day while I was in my apartment. My boyfriend was there with me And it was a friend, an old friend from the city who called and told me that my ex-boyfriend, the one that I had broken up with in San Francisco and, you know, thought I was going to marry and thought we would just break up for a couple years and get our lives together and maybe reconnect down the line. Yeah, that guy. So I got a phone call that he had died and he didn't just die. He had a heart attack at 27 years old. And I mean, I'm sure if you're listening to me right now, there are many people who have received phone calls like this, where somebody calls you and you pick up and you get that news. And it's, I mean, you're speechless. It takes like so much time to process what's being said. You just don't get it, right? You don't, you don't understand what you're hearing. None of it's adding up. So that was what was happening. But, you know, within a couple of minutes of hearing the news, I broke down hysterically crying, mortified, screaming belligerently. And by the time that I hung up, my boyfriend, my horrific boyfriend that was sitting on the couch next to me while this was happening, went fucking crazy. And threatened to break up with me right then and there on the spot because he was so offended that I would be that upset about my ex-boyfriend dying that it was such a offensive horrific thing I could put him through that I was a horrible human being and he never wanted to speak to me again and he was going to pack up his stuff and run out of the house and never return and block my number and we're fucking over. So, um, I mean, (laughs) there is a fiery pit of hell that is waiting for this guy (laughs) one day down the line. That's all I can say. 
Um, and I have no doubt that he will, he will find himself there one day. But yeah, that was, that was strange. You know what I mean? To, on one hand, be learning that the person you thought you'd marry is now dead at 27 years old and that plan that you had made for the two of you will never be there again. It's gone. Like, that was it. Like, you, nope, sorry, scratch that, it's over. And then on the other hand, the horribly abusive person that you're currently investing yourself into is now threatening to leave you because you're grieving the death of your ex. Like, what a fucking mindfuck, am I right? So anyway, this was now January of 2017. And I, I, the entire year after this, every single day after this day was fucking hell. I went through so much pain and heartbreak in the year of 2017, like severe suffering, emotionally, psychologically, just it was bad. And the worst thing about it was that I had no concept of coping. I had no understanding of like what healing was, how to heal, what can help you heal. I didn't understand how to get through the pain, how to work through the grief. I didn't know what to do with the feelings of guilt that I was experiencing. And I also was so upset because I was so heartbroken over this death, but I was so scared to be alone in this moment. I couldn't be alone in my apartment grieving this death. So I continued to beg for this abusive dude who had been in my life to stay with me. I begged him to not leave me. I'm so sorry that I was grieving. I'm sorry that I cried over the news. Please don't go. Because I was so afraid of, like, having nobody that I was willing to hold on to the most fucking horrific thing that was there in a last attempt to not be alone. And that is terrifying like that is so fucking scary like I don't know like I still to this day don't fully know why that was my mindset I mean I kind of do now because I've gone to a shitload of therapy since this times since this time occurred in my life and I, I can make sense of other things that I've gone through during my childhood that had sort of groomed me to accept abuse as something that was acceptable or normal or something I could deal with. So, like, I get it. I understand. Like, it, it all kind of makes sense. But, like, it's so foreign for me to think about myself that way. And it's painful. It's like, it's sad to think like you were such a broken person that you were willing to take abuse in order to not be alone in your grief. And, you know, I felt really shitty about that for a very long time. 
But fast forward, um, 2017, like I said, it was horrific. In addition to my ex-boyfriend that died, three other people in my life also died that year. And, you know, it just kept, it just, the grief just kept going and going one after the next. And I, like I said earlier, I had no concept of healing. I had no concept of coping. And what I ended up doing was coping through dating. So, so, so basically this is what was happening. So Melissa was a body. Melissa's soul was like gone. The shell was still remaining. And the inside of the shell was just like this dark pit of just like grief, depression, fear, anxiety, self-esteem issues, insecurity, self-doubt, like every like negative thing you can think of is what existed within the shell of my body. And then within that, I was trying to heal the grief of my ex, to heal the grief of my abusive ex leaving me, to heal the grief of my grandmother and my grandpa and a close family friend who was also murdered very tragically this year. And it was just so much darkness and I couldn't get out of it. And I had no understanding of how to get out of it. And what I did was I dated. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start dating and, you know, that's going to make me feel really good because I'm going to have romantic relationships that are going to make me feel better about myself. But, like, come on. Hello? That does it doesn't work like that. I mean, we can take it back to, like, the most, like, cliche phrase of eternity. If you don't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? Yeah, I did not love myself. It's clear as day, zero love. And yet I was out there trying to find love as like a last resort of feeling loved. And I was hoping that this feeling of love was going to fulfill these dark gaps that I had in my heart and my soul and my body. And it obviously did not work. Didn't work at all. Um, in fact, it brought on even more grief, more sadness, more frustration, more heartbreak. And so this cycle went on for like an entire year. And then I had like a huge rude awakening at the end of 2017, where my dad had a medical emergency and he was in the ICU for a while. And it was very scary for our family. And I think it was really eye-opening because I had, it had been almost a full year since my my ex had died. And now a year later, another person who I loved dearly was not healthy and the fear of death was back again. And I kind of had this weird experience that happened where I felt like awakened almost. I felt humbled and I realized that like, I had just spent the past year like a complete lunatic, totally emotionally unstable, lashing out, behaving like a crazy person. And like, mind you, like while I was suffering and like living this dark, depressed life, no one knew. (laughs) Like like nobody fucking knew. And if they did, no one said a fucking thing about it. I mean, I was still hanging out with friends. I was still going to bars. I was still fucking having the time of my life. I was out and about doing it up. Woo woo. Like my face was smiling. I was beaming. I was glowing. 
I don't know if anybody around me knew how hard I was suffering, but I was. And so that's like, you know, that's this other scary element of it. It was like how well I was able to mask the truth of what I was going through. So anyway, I had this weird like flip switch in my brain where I was like, I'm not okay. (laughs) The past year of my life is not okay. The things I experienced aren't okay. The way that I handled it isn't okay. Uh, And I need fucking help, like, bad. And I learned a lot about myself. And, you know, when when my dad had this medical issue, I knew that I didn't want to spiral out of control again. I knew that if he were to pass away, I didn't want to do what I had just done all year. And I knew that I didn't have the tools to behave differently. I didn't have the resources, the healing, the help to guide me down a different path, a more positive, constructive path. I only knew turmoil. I only knew paths of turmoil. And I knew that I needed I needed guidance. And so the first thing that I did was I called my friend CJ, somebody who had been a very close friend of mine for so many years. We went through all of college together. We've gone through a lot of hardship together. We had, you know, we had a very close friendship where we were very open and honest with each other about our childhood, some of the trauma we'd experience. So I knew that if there was one person I could open up to about what I was going through, it was 100% CJ. And so I called CJ and I was like, listen, bitch, I need an outlet. I need a hobby. I need something to care about. I need to feel creative again. I need a passion. I need something to fuel my fire. Maybe it was a distraction that I needed. I don't really know. But I knew that I needed something that was positive and would take my mind off all of this dark, glooming negativity And it would help rewire the system in my brain. And it would help lead me down a path of feeling like there was light at the end of the tunnel. Like I could get help. Like I could feel better again. That I could smile and not have it be a fake grin. That I could like have like shining glow through my eyes once again. That I could feel alive and happy about it. I needed an inspiration to keep going. Because I was so afraid that if I didn't have that, I didn't know what would happen to me. Literally. I didn't know what I was capable of. I didn't know how dark I could go. Didn't know how deep that could run. And I wasn't willing to find out. (laughs) So, talked to CJ. I said, I think we should start a podcast. And I asked her, like, you know, would you be down? And she's like, fuck yeah, I'm down. I was like, well, what would it be about? And she's like, well, women, of course. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And so December of 2017, I started my Virgo research. And I think I spent two months reading everything I could find on the internet about podcasts from what hosting platforms are, how to record, what type of equipment should I be buying, website development, monetization, sponsorship, 
how to get on the streaming platforms. Like everything you could ever imagine I was reading about, I was taking notes on. We have so many hysterical documents from 2017 from when we first started just brainstorming the podcast that kill me because they are so funny. But I mean, like I was doing like a book report on this shit and I think it, I did that for about two months and we recorded our very first episode in February of 2018, which was the exact same month that I started therapy. And so the combination of me dedicating all of my time and energy into researching how to start a podcast and then going to therapy sessions weekly to talk about the grief, the pain, the suffering, the abuse, the hardship, the trauma, the self-esteem issues, you know, just feeling so guilty about the way I had been treating myself, the lack of respect I had for myself, and just saying these things out loud to a human being. Like, there, that was such a powerful experience. And I mean, I cried. I'm like crying now, but not really letting myself because it's it's intense. You know, it's really hard to like recognize that your life is in the fucking shitter and seeing like how much you contributed to that, but also recognizing all of the societal things around you that brought you to that deep, dark place. But then on top of that, having to recognize that you allowed it and you accepted it, you welcomed it. And then living with that, having to live with that fact, that is the hardest part for me, is living, knowing, realizing that I put myself through hardship because I didn't know what else to do. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know where else to go. I didn't have anything else or or I didn't think I had anything else. But anyway, therapy is a whole nother, whole nother topic. (laughs) So yeah, 2018 started off really great. (laughs) I started my podcast. I started going to therapy. In the end of May of that year, I went on my first solo abroad trip to Bali in Australia, had the time of my fucking life. And my life kind of started working itself out. Things slowed down. All of the negative toxic energy faded away. I was more positive. I had a brighter light in my eye. I started feeling hopeful about my future. And I also just accepted my journey. I got to a place where I was willing to accept what I'd gone through and stop guilt tripping myself for it. I I went through such a long period of hating myself for what I accepted into my life and I I had to apologize to myself. I had to forgive myself. I had to recognize that it happened and that I did it, but then I had to forgive myself. And I got to a place where I was able to recognize that I went through some very severe trauma and it was really painful. And it brought me to a really, really dark, horrible place in my life. And that sucked. But I was determined to acknowledge it, understand it, learn about it, recognize it, make sense of it, 
process it and then commit that I wouldn't ever go there again because I was going to make actionable moves to gain coping mechanisms, to use therapy as a resource for help, to open up and be honest about my truth, to be vocal to my friends and family about what I was going through, to not hide the pain and suffering that I was experiencing, and to also recognize red flags in the men that you date because I'd never done that before. I had no concept of boundaries. I had no understanding of right from wrong. I didn't get that I deserved better. And I literally had to learn that in therapy. So although this year was horrific, I learned so much about myself and I made a commitment to myself to heal. And part of that healing journey is through the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast, telling the stories of women throughout history who've experienced severe hardship in their lives, the women who have gone through trials and tribulations to get to the places that they wanted to be in, and also just looking at the women that I cover and relating to them, using them as sort of a resource of recognizing that I'm not alone, that we're in this together, that I'm not going through hardship by myself, that people can relate to what I've experienced or what I'm going through, that I don't have to keep this a secret because I'm ashamed of it or I feel guilty about it, that I can talk about all of the ups and downs in my life, and even feel prideful about the downs. Using the downs as my new strength, as my new proof of ways in which I've grown in my own personal development. So I had to kind of flip the switch on the story from being this traumatized, depressed, abused human being to now looking at it as I went through these things in order to become a stronger, more powerful, more self-assured, more confident, more secure, and ultimately a healed human being. And I can't say that I would be that person today if I didn't get dragged through the mud through the entire year of 2017. So, That's why I'm here today, and that's why I'm telling you the truth about my life, because I want you to know that the person behind this microphone who shows up every week, drinks her wine, laughs hysterically, cracks stupid jokes, tells awesome stories about women in history, or interviews badass babes out there that are fucking killing it. I'm doing this because I I need this. I need this for me. <laughs> like, I'm doing this for you, but I fucking need this. Like, I need the weekly reminder that life's hard and that we all have to fucking get through it together. Like, I need the weekly pick-me-up of inspiration, of empowerment, of support, of love. Like, I need the constant companionship that I get from 
a woman that was born in 1943, or a complete stranger that I've met two weeks ago who lives halfway across the globe and who I'm laughing with on a podcast. You know, I need this because what helped get me out of my dark pit hole of trauma was relating to other people's stories, was hearing their stories and seeing myself in them and feeling better about who I was and the hardship I'd gone through because now I know that there are other people who've gone through it as well and they got out alive and so can I and so can you. And that's why the Mimosa Sisterhood podcast exists And that's why I'm here producing this show for you and for me every single week. So I just wanted to share that with you because I think it's important that you know the person behind the mic, the person behind the show, and that you know that I am so fucking far from perfect. Like, I am a goddamn disaster, but I'm trying. I fucking try, and I'm trying so hard, and, you know, I'm really proud of this podcast, and I just feel so grateful for all of the women that I featured on this show for taking the time to learn about them, read about them, watch their stories, and tell them for you to hear. And I'm just so happy that this podcast has brought so many incredible women into my life. Like, it's unbelievable the connections that I've made. And I mean, you know, I have no shortage of great things to say about that part of this podcast. And I'm just super, super grateful. And I'm just so happy. So thank you to everybody who has stuck by from day one who's still listening today (laughs) and for all of the new people who maybe are listening to this episode for the first time ever and are like holy goddamn motherfucking shit who is this crazy asshole thank you for being here (laughs) so yeah I just I just wanted to show you more of me so that you know that I am just as much as a human as you are, as all the women I feature on the show are, and that I need you (laughs) more than you even know. So I just want to thank you all for continuing to support this podcast, to support me, and just being here. It means the absolute world. So on that note, these new mini-sodes with Mel, which, by the way, this is looking turning out to be a little bit less mini, but it is the start. It is the first episode, and I felt that I really needed to to give you, you know, the bones of the of the show. And so these the next couple of episodes will be much shorter. But the plan is that at the end of each of these episodes, I am going to feature a voicemail from one of our audience members who've called in and left me a voicemail. And so today, I actually have a voicemail to share with you from one of my best friends in the entire world. She was the first person that called in. Love her. That's what BFFs do. And this is the crazy thing, you guys. I was laying on my couch and I was crying. I was in a really bad place. 2020 was fucking rough for me too, by the way. (laughs) Like, 
like 2017 sucked, but I did not have a very good run in 2020 either. But in any case, I was laying on my couch and I was crying. I was in a dark place. I was feeling fucking shitty about myself. I regretted a bunch of shit I'd done. I was so terrified about my future. I didn't know what I was doing and I was so lost. And I'm laying on my couch and I'm literally crying. And all of a sudden, my phone beeps and I have a voicemail to the podcast number. And I listen to it and it is my dear friend, Aaron, who couldn't have called at a better time. And I swear it's like the stars aligning. You know what I mean? It's like I needed this voicemail so bad in this moment. And she just so happened to call and leave it for me right when I needed it. So high five to the gods out there who are looking out for me. And high five to really great friends. They're few and far in between, and this one is a gem. So I'm going to end this episode with her voicemail. And if you guys are interested in calling in and leaving a voicemail that will eventually be featured in one of my mini-sodes with Mel, you can do so by calling the number 562-270-4914. And until next time, sending you all the love, all of the hugs, and all of the bubs. Hello! Memo Sisterhood Podcast. This is um, Aaron Burke calling just honestly, just to kind of say hi to Melissa because I miss you. Um, and I was, like, thinking of you. There's a full minute. You said to say where you're from. I'm from Orange County. I'm in Irvine right now, and I look outside, and there's, like, a full moon, and it's, like, October 2nd, and it is just very much like a Melissa, like, celestial vibe that I'm feeling right now. Um, and it just made me miss you. And, um, you know, I guess since I'm calling the line and not Melissa's phone number, I'll give you a couple reasons um, why I'm a fan. Um, I think Melissa is just just so awesome. It's funny when I think about our friendship, she's complete opposite of me in so many ways. We just could not be more different. Um, But I think that's also why a friendship works because we do kind of have like a a yin-yang kind of thing, a push-pull and also just, you know, two different sides of the same coin in, in the best way possible. Um, but, like, Melissa's so brave when it comes down to it. I mean, look, she just spearheaded this whole thing by herself. And she didn't ask for permission. She took it. And she took it in, in – when I say take it, I mean she's giving so much, you know. She's putting something out there that's vulnerable that's risky, that's a lot of work, takes a lot of time, and she's just, like, kicking butt just to, because she wanted to do it, and she knew she could, and whatever she couldn't, she'd figure out along the way, and I just, I find that to be so inspiring in so many ways, and I'm so proud of all the work she's done, and um, I'm definitely cheering on this timeline for you.
lizard, a color lizard. Um, but, you know, the podcast is awesome because I think we all can use a little bit more time learning. And, you know, we can all see the last. Good God, we can all see the last. And it's both, you know, you're learning and you're laughing. And what what better way could you spend your time, your commute, commute, sorry, your walk, your free time? I mean, it's just a way you feel like you're in the room with Melissa and whoever is uh, on the other end of the microphone. And um, even if you are moons away. All right. I'm signing off. This is fun. I might call back another time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode of Minisodes with Mel. I know it was a little hardcore, a little raw, a little gnarly, but that's me. (laughs) Um, So thank you. Thank you again. And be sure to spread the Mimosa Sisterhood word to all of your friends, family, coworkers, social media followers. And please be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts because that is seriously the best and easiest way to help support this show and it will allow us to find other women out there in the world who do not know that we exist and we can invite them to the party. So thanks again, guys, and I will see you next time. Bye.